0: Hello? Dead space air. We've got, oh, moved my mic. Now I'm singing. Hope no one's listening. So much to do. Woohoo! Woohoo! <coughs> Talking family circus on a Saturday afternoon. <coughs> Burm Or as I typed it, family circus with an O instead of an I in family. Oh. Da-da so much to do before lunch. turning on my phone which is the bane of recording static static from the phone maybe he'll walk back and hear me or maybe he's hearing me now or maybe you're singing to yourself you're a big big phony fraud oh. Hey everyone ever and welcome to 20th Century Popcast's 25th episode Pop 5 Spectacular Apalooza episode entitled Woo! Yes, entitled Woo! And, and the words I just said, I have been one of your hosts for all of these, Tim Blevins
1: And I'm Bob Canning This is so exciting, Tim
0: it's a thrill. We're wearing hats. I'm pretending to throw false confetti versus really th- throwing real confetti because, yes, today we're we're marking what I guess one could say in terms of podcasts and the podcaps podcast medium is a pretty pointless accomplishment. Um, you know, we're a weekly show that has actually missed one week while also having posted a couple of non numbered bonus episodes so mathematically speaking this is not a real calculation but yeah 25 episodes sort of ish ish we we'll yes. um you know we, we we before we start just to remind the listeners you know we this is the show i didn't even say this part yet so this might be our 25th and last show <laughs> uh it's a show where we uh what do we do we, we try to understand the present by living in the past um which i think at first was fight the present by living in the past was sure. the original tagline uh we started the show back in january
1: on the 15th i'm glad we're not fighting the present anymore we're right learning. It's, it's so we're exhausting learning to live with it
0: well we're trying to make sense of it i always yeah. thought of it as more of a uh, trying to figure out why why have i stalled out here in the now and did it have anything to do with what i did then or did the things from then kind of give me the tools to 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 exist in now right but i i don't think we need to explain this to each other um do we
1: maybe no i think we're good (laughs) we're good
0: all right (laughs) so let me uh so if you want to contact the show no that's that's the closings that's what that is um Look, so I had originally thought 25 episodes would be a big deal. Is it, though? I mean, do you feel like this is an accomplishment? Is the number 25 because it divides into 100 easy? Is that what makes this feel like? Like when I turned 25 as an age, that
1: was a big deal. Yeah, that's a quarter century. Right. That's That's what it is. And
0: 25th anniversaries, but it's always based on years, Hmm, not episodes. Well, I I think it's a
1: big deal. I think it's a big deal, Tim, because uh, you're on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast that's right. um, we are are reconnecting our friendship we you know uh there, there is facebook but we really haven't spoken to each other uh for several years prior to starting this um and so the fact that that not only did 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 you start this uh but the fact that we're still going and we've actually completed 25 episodes i think it is a big deal oh great yeah well, yes. you know what
0: Yes, here's to 25 past episodes and here's to two more at least, right? At least, yeah, at minimum 27. All right. Well, to uh, to celebrate this, to kind of uh, get in to some sort of festive. Because again, it, it feels like some sort of a landmark. I don't know. Twenty five is a lot of episodes. When I look at a list of episodes, I'm like, well, that's that's a lot of talking. Like you just said, everything you just said, talking to you, and this has been great. And this is going poorly in terms of words right now, but it's going okay in terms of an ongoing show. What I thought we could do today, and I know you already know this because we had the prep for it. Yeah. In celebration of 25 episodes, I thought we'd maybe um, try something. We haven't done this in a while. Um, yeah. We have two segments on this show, three if you count failing at um, reading the text <laughs> I wrote, but two, um, one of which is the Wiki tweaks, which we haven't done in a while. But
1: Because we've been segment. accurate. We've been so accurate with our, with our, our pod- podcasting. We haven't needed to tweak anything, and nobody has pointed out anything we've done wrong. So. I know. I think we're really at the
0: middle of our game. So good job yes, to both us. of us. Um, but another segment that we've done in the past, something that we've done on a couple episodes, and in the show notes maybe I'll list the episodes that you can find previous ones on, is, a, is something that we call a Pop
1: 5. And Bob, what what is a Pop 5? Uh, pop 5, uh, in essence, is something we kind of spring on each other during an episode, if we can think of one uh, topic that we think this would work for. Uh, pop 5 is where we ask each other to list uh, five th- things from whatever particular topic we're we're talking about. Uh, five, it could be five uh, favorites, five least favorites. It could just be five uh, things you can think of uh, referring to w- that topic. For instance, we did a, a pop five that you sprung on me, where I had to give you five cartoons uh, that were based on live action, previous live action material. Uh, All right, yes. As an example.
0: This would be a good place to insert that clip. I don't know if I will, but here's what I would say. Yeah, let's hear that. Let's hear that. And then maybe the clip would be there. I don't know, but keep going.
1: I hope it's there. I, um, here's the thing. I almost
0: I, hope it's not. I uh,
1: and, and if you inserted that clip, you you can hear how terrified I am. I'm kind of mm-hmm. terrified of pop fives. Um, oh, okay. yeah. No, but they're fun. I love that we do them. Um, I I wish we did them more often, and I'd like to, and I think this will kind of help break the ice on, on having these happen more often. But I just, uh, what we do is we give ourselves 30 seconds, and I think it's that that uh, that time uh, limitation that just sort of freaks me out. And it's unknown. I don't know what, uh, yes, we've done our prep here, but I don't know what, what you're going to ask of me, and you don't know what I'm going to ask of you. And so... Uh, I, I'm just happy we're celebrating 25 episodes with something that, uh, I secretly dread, but I'm also very, but I'm also very excited about.
0: Well, mixed feelings there. Yeah. And to, to, to clarify for, for the listener, what we're doing today is Bob and I each on our own came up with a series of just some random pop fives. Just uh, We haven't discussed what they are, but we each have a list of a few. And I thought, well, yeah, we'll spring them on each other. I think it's a good, you know, you're talking about the 30 seconds measurement, mm-hmm. this pressure of the clock kind of ticking away yeah. to just rattle off some names. I think it's a good test of maybe nostalgia because instead of being like this week we're here's the topic and you have time to think about it instead of bringing it up knowing because i think a lot of times if i i'm talking about something from childhood i have that memory ready before i bring it up like if i'm going to say hey have you ever seen you know the uh the pole position cartoon from the 80s i've already thought enough about it to have a few facts to throw out there otherwise i don't think i'd be bringing it up this kind of tests what actually is in there under the pressure of you know of just up the time, a pressure of time. So I, I think it's a nice kind of metaphor that I'm not making properly. And so, yeah, today maybe we we'll, we are definitely going to spring a couple pop fives on each other and see if that actually leads into a little conversation. Because what would be nice is, um, is that if maybe these memories spark a little something, you know, if we can actually go through with remembering a couple of things and, and, and what it is, you know, if the other one remembers it. I guess I don't need to explain this again. So um, maybe we should launch into it. Let's do it. All right. Um, I'm, I've got one to start off with, Sure. I think it's, I think we should start with an easy one, and this one seems like a pretty easy one. Okay. Um, what I'm going to ask you, Bob, and let me get the, let me get the clock ready, is we talk a lot about, on this show, about movies, and actually going to the movie theaters. We had an episode about summer movies recently, we've talked about a few other films that I know you've seen on the big screen. What I want to ask you today, if you're ready, are what were the first five movies you saw on the big screen in a movie theater. What are the first five movies you saw in the movie theater?
1: Okay. Go. Uh, I saw Star Wars and uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And I think Return of the Jedi was also one of the first. What a
0: stretch for the first three. But do you have two more?
1: I'm um, looking for two more. i um, Ten seconds. I think I saw Goonies in the theater. I don't know if I saw something before that. Time. Um, time. And wow. That's time. Movies. And that's also, that's four out of five. Yeah. You got four out of five there. Movies, I didn't really go to the movies that often until I was older. My mother mm-hmm. didn't take me to the movies. And so I didn't really get to the movies as often. So it's hard to like, the, I remember, I distinctly remember, I can't remember which movie I'm remembering it from, but I remember my mom reading the scroll to one of the star Wars movies to my younger brother uh, mm-hmm. in the movie. But you don't remember which one that, that was. That's my first, I don't remember which one I think it was uh strikes back. Um, mm-hmm. But that is my first real memory that, that I that I have of being in a movie theater um, is sitting awesome. there and uh, hearing my mom read that to her. And honestly, I was listening to, cause it was helpful. It was, it was <laughs> going by there pretty fast and there were some big words. So, so um, I was listening in on the, on that uh, read back.
0: But going to the movies, wasn't something you did that often then. So it was, it was Not at that do you remember age. what
1: prompted it? It was
0: like a rainy day thing. Was it something that you planned for ahead of time? No, I
1: think, I think that movie was cause it was star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. You know, talking think, about
0: the Empire Strikes Back
1: yeah um, that, that's why we were there um, in general why did we go to the movies uh, it might have been a rainy day thing it might have been to find something to do I don't think it was in my childhood it wasn't except for Star Wars it wasn't about the movie it's like I really have to go see that movie or I've talked about that movie at that age when I was younger um, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a big deal for me movies weren't a thing uh, it wasn't until the, the late 80s and 90s where I really went to the movies.
0: Wow. So, when you could kind of go on your own, I yeah. think you've mentioned that in previous episodes. I always loved the experience. I mean, I have some pretty early memories because uh, I ran through this in my mind as well. The earliest movie I could think of, there's an animated Raggedy Ann and Andy movie. And I guess you should look up the exact dates that came out sometime in the 70s. In the theaters. In the, in the theaters. Wow. And I, it's. Not something I've ever seen again on videotape. I think I found a few clips on YouTube to see if it would jog my memory. But that was the first movie that I have a memory of going to. And I remember that we got there late. It was my mom, myself, my aunt, and uh, some of my cousins. And just kind of walking in late is my memory of it and sitting down. I don't remember much of the movie. But that was the first time I was in a theater. Um, I think after that, my dad took me to see Star Trek, the motion picture, of which I have just a vague, vague memory. I know I fell asleep during that. Mm. There was like one clip that kind of always stuck out in my mind of this robot floating past Kirk as he walks down a hall. And probably like, I don't know, 14 years later, when I finally sat down and watched the movie again, it was strange when that scene came up. it, It definitely jogged a memory. It wasn't like I had created it over time. I remembered that moment. Right.
1: Well, Tim, I have uh, a pop five for you as well. I'm going to keep it movie related if that's okay. That's fine so far with me, sure. Okay, okay. Um, so, we recently did a, um, a podcast uh, about uh, when Harry met Sally, which came mm-hmm. up often during our previous 25 episodes. We talked about it as yeah. a trailer, yeah, we would reference it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, I thought I'd repeat it one more time in our, in our 25th anniversary. <laughs> uh but in a slightly different way um so okay, i'm going to give right. you i'm going to give you 30 seconds let me just get my timer ready uh, i'm going to give you 30, 30 seconds. seconds that's the time we have right 30 seconds
0: that's that's all we have yeah. is 30 seconds oh i, I want on this existence
1: yes i want to know in 30 seconds your five uh favorite rob reiner directed films excluding Ooh. when harry met Sally.
0: so can we just say name five Rob Reiner You can do that, and then
1: we can talk about why they're not your favorites. Are you you ready? Um, I think so, sure. Go. All
0: right, well, this is Spinal Tap, is probably my favorite Rob Reiner uh, film. The Princess Bride would be another one that I've seen and I've liked. Can't say when Harry met Sally, so I'm really just going to have to name three other movies. Oh, no, I also enjoyed The American President. I believe he directed that. Now Mm -hmm. I'm just going to randomly say two movies that I think he did. Ten seconds. Uh, The one, uh, North, and... um, (laughs) Uh, the the one that's supposedly about the woman who inspired the Graduate. Why can't I think of? Oh, uh, what's the other big one? Uh, the, of Mice and oh, oh, God! The Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. A Few Good Men. I was thinking of Mice and Men, but that one doesn't count. So I really only did four titles. You got four and five ideas. Ah, see, when you add favorite, it makes it a little tricky because if I'm not, I mean, Rob Reiner's a great director, but I don't. Oh, Misery. That's another Misery, one. Misery.
1: Yes. Damn it.
0: Yeah, I have to say of the ones I listed, since we cut out when Harry met Sally, I, I like three of them. Yeah, three of them I've watched an awful lot. Well, this have is Spinal North.
1: Is I mean, North is famous for being known as a terrible, horrible film. I have not I seen. I think the makers
0: of North said North. that. So yeah, I think that's. What I've, seen I've seen parts of North. I've seen clips of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know it.
0: Similar to Bonfire of the Vanities, I know it more as the story of this how this failed yeah. the, the movie about it's and he's not the book so yeah i don't i have not seen all of it no nor have i seen uh, a few good men which is a title i was struggling with or the one um it's got jennifer aniston in it supposedly her uh, mom was the inspiration it. yeah so that one i don't know anyone who saw that one to be honest I just...
1: yeah late late era rob reiner doesn't seem to hold up to um, early era Rob Reiner.
0: Well, I mean, it, it doesn't and then again, I don't know. I, he's not a director I necessarily seek out. I thoroughly, uh, this is Spinal Tap, is amazing. I thoroughly enjoy that movie. I enjoy his presence in that movie. The Princess Bride I like. I don't go back to it the way other people do, but I have nice enough memories. It's goofy. It's fun. Mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally, which I couldn't put on the list, obviously big inspiration on my life. And then even the American President, which I think was written by Aaron Sorkin. It's a woman, Martin Sheen. No, I'm sorry. Martin Sheen's in it. It's the one with Michael Douglas yeah, as he's the, the president, president. And he falls in love with Annette Benning. And that that's a movie that's manipulative. It's manipulative in the way that Aaron Sorkin makes his characters talk. Right. And it's manipulated in, I guess, what the serious side of Rob Reiner is. But I like that. I like those movies. he I think he's one of those directors whose movies are I who when I enjoy their movies obviously he's got a hand and a personality in it
1: I just don't I can't spot a Rob Reiner movie I wouldn't be able to tell you what he does but that's not a bad thing no I, I think yeah I mean definitely the material he's working with um I think is is a lot of the reason why we enjoy his films uh Nora Ephron uh and Harry Met Sally uh Aaron Sorkin also did a few good men um that's true so um yeah there's there's the the, the screenplays that he's working with are good. You mentioned Misery. I like Misery a lot. That's Stephen King. Did you know that the Misery shows up in When Harry Met Sally? The book? Yeah. It's one of the books I... that Harry skips to the end of. Oh, no, I didn't know yeah. that. No. I... I Oh. Caught it uh, just a, a few t- times in my recent viewings, and uh, I remembered it uh, watching it this, this past time.
0: In addition to movies, because we definitely have talked about movies on the show, we we did an episode maybe three or four episodes ago about a comic strip. That influences Bloom County, very impactive comic strip from the newspaper, back when people would read newspapers and the comic strips in the newspapers. Now, you're a cartoonist. You you do cartooning. You have your own comic strip, uh, My Exaggerated Life, which yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I almost always say My So-Called Exaggerated sure. Life. I know that's not the name. No, that's fine. But uh, so you're you're a fan of comic strips. I, I enjoy them as well. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to ask you here, the, the pop five I have for you regarding comic strips is I need for you, Robert King, oh, to name five. And again, this is from the 80s and 90s. We're sticking to the 20th century. I think that's a given, but we didn't establish those parameters at the, at the top sure. of the show. I need to know of five daily comic strips that do not feature talking animals. Uh, oh, we, before we begin. Oh, I have to reset the clock. They can also be thinking. That's that, that's what talking. I was going to
1: ask. So thinking counts as talking.
0: Garfield counts. Garfield finally. counts.
1: Snoopy counts. Uh, okay.
0: And are you set?
1: Yes, I'm set.
0: Five, five comic strips that do not feature talking animals. All right, go. Uh,
1: Foxtrot, for better or worse. Doonesbury. Um the the one Luann. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: um, Take your time. You got 16 seconds. Okay.
1: Um, Ooh, uh, mama. And don't make. What is it? <laughs> mama. I mean, oh, like, mama. Right. Wait. Wow. Good job. <laughs> wow. Right. Seven seconds to
0: go. There. Don't even get to the final bell. <laughs> all right. No. Good job. Do you read all of these? Do you read Mama? I, I have, publish, I have mama. at
1: some point. You know, scanned mm-hmm. and read. Yeah. I mean, there was a time where I would read the comics page every day. And if Mama was in there, I would read it. I would generally read everything in the comics that was there. I would skip over like Terry and the Pirates or um Is Terry and a Pirate and the Pirates a real thing? Or am I f- It's a real thing.
0: Yeah. I I wasn't reading comics
1: in the forties. Prince, 40s, Prince, so Valiant. Prince Valiant was in uh I would I would skip over those, but I would read the 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 humor ones. Um mm-hmm. I would skip over Dick Tracy, I would skip over Apartment Three G. Um, but I would always read the humor ones, whatever they were, Mama. Um, Wizard of the Id, uh, BC. <laughs> um, BC I think they were talking, talking
0: animals in BC. Yeah, it is Mike as, as well. So you did read these. I mean, of what you mentioned, I thought uh, Foxtrot and For Better or For Worse were good examples because those are actually comic strips I followed. I mean, yeah. I was able to name some other stuff like you, know, like you said Apartment 3G, Blondie, Hindlows, but it's not that I was a fan of those strips. I guess I read them. But you're right. For Freaking Better or For Ernest. Worse. Are they not animals? Are those people? <laughs> Those are very scribbled people. Okay, and maybe I don't know that, but yeah, so there were comic strips and, and family based ones, I guess. Yeah. I, you didn't mention a Kathy. Kathy is something I didn't have oh, talking yeah, animals Cassie. in it. Did Doonesbury not? Because Doonesbury has a giant uh, sentient cigarette as a character. That's not an animal, obviously. Um,
1: you know, honestly, I threw Doonesbury out there because that was another one I didn't follow. I threw Doonesbury out there <laughs> on the assumption that they were not talking animals. So listeners correct me and we'll we'll wiki tweak it uh so let me know Uh, but yeah you're right there is a giant talking cigarette i do recall that visual not
0: an animal not a talking animal (laughs) but that that, that, those are the ones i would read but that's yeah
1: so good job actually you you got a good grasp of the comic strip yeah i I do that indeed i do all right (laughs) um so you want to jump to the next one
0: I do. That was what my hesitant pause oh, that's was what That's what I figured. That's yes. what uh, I figured.
1: So uh, we'll, we'll uh, do another genre of topic, if you don't mind. Uh, we'll move to I'm music. I'm all for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and so uh, I'm going to go back and kind of reference uh, our, our previous shows. Uh, we've talked about music a few times with Huey Lewis, uh, the single mm-hmm. soundtrack. And I think that's it. But we're going to talk about music right now. Um And sure. I'm also going to reference our our personal shared history. Um, and so with this pop five, Tim, excluding, right. I'm going to exclude something again here. Excluding All Aerosmith. Right. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear your, uh, uh, and I won't put favorite in there. Just name five bands uh, from Boston and we're going to start. You ready? I am set. Go Five bands from Boston.
0: Hey, the mighty, mighty boss tones. uh, belly, The Band Boston, Jay Giles Band, and The Cars. There you go,
1: five. You went mostly uh, with 80s
0: bands. I guess I did. I feel like I, I tend to lean that way quite often. And some 70s ones in there. We never discussed the 70s, so maybe I should discredit those and replace one of them with a Dresden Dolls. Or my initial thought, but I'm like, aren't they from Rhode Island? The Throwing Muses were almost something I threw in there.
1: Yeah, Throwing Muses, I think, get associated with Boston. Um, but, but yeah, I not from Rhode Island yeah. originally. And also Dresden Dolls. Uh, I don't know if they were formed. Were they formed in the 90s? Or are they uh, 21st century?
0: Valid point. That's a 21st century band. Yeah. I would have ignored our own uh, our own conceit.
1: Pixies are from now, Boston, it was easy, right?
0: They're from, yeah, the Boston area. I think, I think fans would say Amherst, but I consider them a Boston band. Uh, the Dropkick Murphys, another big, yeah. loud, raucous band we're proud of. It's interesting you excluded Aerosmith because I... I do think that would have been my first one. And I thought you were going to go the route of five bands you're no longer a fan of that you used to <laughs> love. But, but yeah, Boston, I feel like you and I, we came to Boston to almost quote a Mighty Mighty Boston song in 93. 1990, um, yeah, 1993 is when we uh, first got to Emerson. I'm coming from Connecticut. You're yeah. coming from New York. So I feel like we kind of. Got there right when a lot of these bands were breaking. I mean, both well, that's the-, the Mighty Mighty Bobstones and Belly and the Pixies were wrapping up their career. They weren't performing excessively.
1: True. I, I was actually going to uh, kind of um, make it a little bit more specific, but I was worried about that. I wanted to make it more specific and, and do bands from the 90s, Boston bands from the 90s, because I thought that's huh. uh, that was our era there. Um, and so I had uh, Letters to Cleo was at the top of my list.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. That would have, should have been on mine as that well, was, a band that
1: I'm not a fan of now, but I used to love. Yeah, I I, um, I discovered Letters to Cleo as they were breaking in Boston. It was one of the and we, – You're welcome, music world. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I personally, yes. Uh, but, and I think I've talked about this before, how I didn't really come to music until college. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. have that experience of having – uh, the older sibling and, and going through their record collection. My mom's record collection was very mundane. Um, and so um, I didn't really get into music until Boston. And so hearing a band like Letters to Cleo or Morphine, uh, another Boston oh, band. God, I
0: forget Morphine. Uh, Although that's not a band I listen to.
1: I, you know, You're a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan of Morphine. I don't, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, Morphine was great for me because um, their song... Uh, Honey White was played Mm -hmm. a lot on WBCN and that song, few others, but that song especially is um, college years for me. Uh, Anytime I hear that song, I go right back to Boston Emerson College. Uh, What about Buffalo Tom? You like Buffalo Tom? That's another one I can't believe it at Blank They're from Boston, huh, yeah. or, or, or that area? You're
0: right. Yeah. There was a lot of music coming out of Boston. Oh, it was awesome. All right. Well, let's let's stick with music then. We say we never talk about music because this is a show, a pop culture show. Music's part of the pop culture. So what I'd like to hear from you right now, what I'm going to ask you here is for uh, for five bands. I need for you to name five bands, but I need for you to name five fake bands from pop culture. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. All right. Five fake bands that have made some form of appearance in some form of pop culture. Oh, crap.
1: Okay. Go. Uh, Citizen Dick. All right. Um, oh, see, this is this is why I get the butterflies. Um, no, I'm seeing them. Hearing them? Hearing I mean, them. The Brady Kids? Was that the name of that band?
0: That is the name of that okay. band, as you called it. Uh, Let's see. You got 15 seconds. Say Citizen Dick again. Uh,
1: Citizen Dick, should we consider the monkeys? The monkeys aren't fake, I guess. Um, That's a real band. Yeah. They're a real band. Um, to a
0: degree, so is the Brady Kids, I guess. Uh, they have a different name. Oh, well, that's I wish.
1: <laughs> no. Oh shit.
0: And I've got to disqualify the Brady Kids cuz they were called the Silver Platters oh, on the show. And I just the at Brady the end thought of life. Jesse
1: and the Rippers, so that doesn't count.
0: Oh, that's a would have been a great one that tied in. So, Citizen Dick, um, which is uh from the singles film. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's is, the the Matt Dillon band yeah. in there. So that's that's one. Um, Jesse and the Rippers, that's pretty good. That's uh that I would say Jesse count. Owens. What was Uncle Jesse's
1: last name? Jesse's oh, it's like Jesse Snuffleupagus or something like that. He's Jesse Spano? I don't know. I don't
0: know. But
1: his band. so that's so one.
0: I, I understand now. I understand why the butterfly flutters now. Yeah um the ones that i thought of because i this was one when I, I i tried to rattle a bunch off when i when i was coming up with these titles Zack attack is the band i was thinking from saved by the bell i
1: actually was thinking what was the band from saved by the bell um but i couldn't really sure out. that's what it is
0: we haven't really discussed saved by the bell to be honest that wasn't the impact of show to me growing up except for the fact that i was in the same grade as they were through the course of the series i yeah. always enjoyed i that. never i never cared for saved by the bell well, did you care for this band, one of my favorite bands, Gem and the Holograms?
1: Oh, Gem and the Holograms? So, Gem and the Holograms, fake band, the Monkees, real band. Well, the Mon- Monkees re- toured and released um,
0: albums under that name. Gem and the Holograms, they had songs on the show, but they were animated characters voiced by other people. did and they, they release and an album
1: though? Didn't they have a soundtrack? album at The least.
0: movie has a soundtrack, but I I mean Citizen Dick also has has a song on the new re release of singles. Yeah, they're fake.
1: Okay. I accept. Um, I bought their last album, The Monkeys, actually, so they're very real.
0: Okay. That's some money well spent. The Misfits was another uh, was false band well from Gem
1: and the Holograms. Was it? Yeah. It's a, How it's much money album.
0: was that monkeys album? What what did you put it uh, put into to I, get that album into your hands?
1: Uh probably eleven to twelve, maybe fifteen dollars. I can't recall. It's it's a that's a lot it's of a fun notes. album too because all the songs are written by uh, other known artists, much like a lot of the Monkees songs were. Who um, a
0: covers album? That's no, no, not, no, really not a good sign. Not a, a covers album, album. Not
1: a covers album. Uh, it was an album where uh, artists were asked to uh, write new songs for the Monkees. Uh, well, but that's every Monkees album as that, you just said. That's, that's, that's not it's really not a concept. Every, it's not every Monkees album, but uh, I think it is every Monkees album. I think they wrote. It's like after like the first or second or third albums they started writing their own songs I'm,
0: I'm not saying they didn't write but i think they've always had other people look i i'm not you're not putting them down i actually enjoy the monkeys i enjoy them yeah. as a band yeah. i i like those to show as a kid but i actually do enjoy a lot of their I, songs and they are a real band yes. i just wouldn't see any interest in they're one of those things where it's like as a reunion group i get it i get i think they're a nostalgia act they're i'm not and that's not saying they're not talented musicians I didn't quite get what the appeal of seeing the Monkeys again was as a child except I remember in high school everyone going to see the Monkeys mentioned how weird Al Yankovic was the opening act <laughs> okay. and I would have gone to see him right. I would have loved to have seen him but there's something that I don't know holding on to the Monkeys career like I this new album when did it come out when did this most recent Monkeys album uh, come out I
1: think it's a year ago maybe maybe a year and a half
0: and and did you know anything off of it before you grabbed it? Like, what brought you to it?
1: Uh, what initially brought me to it is that Paul Weller uh, from The Jam and Noel Gallagher from Oasis, and, and uh, the two of them wrote a song together for the album. And then seeing that and then looking into it, I saw that Rivers Cuomo from Weezer did, uh, the guys from Fountains of Wayne wrote a song, um, and then the names just kept rolling. So it was like, oh, wow, these are bands that I enjoy. Um, and I, I also enjoy the monkeys. Let's see how this turns out. And, uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to buy things. I, I could probably have just streamed it and listened to it. Um, but I like having the album. So I bought that album.
0: But interesting, I think, especially to the show, um, cause I think we're talking about a 21st century album, but they're a 20th century act. So we can do that. Mm-hmm was the draw to get the album doesn't sound like it was a nostalgic draw it was more here are the musicians i like and they wrote a song for the monkeys
1: it was a combination of both because it's like they're they're writing songs for the monkeys who are a nostalgic kind of draw they're the nostalgic band they're the band from the the tv show in the and 60s 70s um and so it was like well let's see yeah this is a combination it's like yeah here are the bands and by the way uh, the three bands I mentioned there—No uh, Gallagher, Paul Weller, Rivers Cuomo, and Fountains of Wayne—are all 20th-century
0: acts. That's true. They are 20th-century acts. I, I guess music, music—that yeah. music proposes this strange conundrum with nostalgia, or this this thing that I'm not sure where I stand. Like revisiting old monkeys albums, you know, or going back and watching, you know, a, a 70s uh, sitcom, or seeing Indiana Jones, you know, the first three Indiana Jones movies, that form of nostalgia where it's going back and reliving these things that you live through, or that form of maybe it's something else where it's like, if I go back and listen to a Beatles album, I can't be nostalgic for when it came out. Right. At this point in my life, I can be nostalgic for when I first heard them, but it, you know, it's, it's in the moment, so the music exists in the moment, not as a time capsule. But that other form of nostalgia of going back to these things before, which is what we talked about, I get that and I get the health of it you know I get the idea of you know I uh, sitting down and watching the movie labyrinth now there's a lot going on and some of that is the nostalgia draw this idea of things that you enjoyed as a child coming back you know like a, like an act like the monkeys now releasing an album or like the indiana jones movie that actually is almost 10 years old now but when the island of the kingdom of the crystal skull came out and they brought the same actor back in these clothes or the idea of even reboots of things that we love that's a different kind of nostalgia, and that's the one that sometimes makes me sad. Yeah, it's like Star Wars toys and all these new Star Wars toys that you know I see. It's still exciting to see them in the store, but they're not. The nostalgia there is different. It's thinking of something else, and some of these things, some of these things, when they age, don't hold up, or it's just sad that they age. Like I don't want to see a sixty-something-year-old Mickey Dolenz performing, which is a, a shitty thing to say. I Just <laughs> I don't have interest in right. that. Right because the monkeys that i think of were the 20 something kids who were apparently rebelling against something. Yeah. So this idea of revisiting it, i don't i it it, it it i don't know entirely what to make of that. I know that it's something to do with aging and i'm avoiding the concept of aging somehow because i don't like the idea that i age. So when i see someone like to be a little softer with it something i'm more invested in, Indiana Jones as as this old man does not hold the same sway right. that Indiana Jones in his late thirties and forties did.
1: Yeah. The aging, the aging of pop culture is it's, it's funny cause you don't, from, from my perspective, I don't think of myself as aging and clearly I am. And the references that, that remind me that I am are kind of seeing my kids get older, but also seeing pop mm-hmm. culture get older. Um, just recently um on the the internet i saw so and so had a birthday coming up and they were 59 years old and i said to my wife holy shit kevin bacon is 59 years old uh-huh. <laughs> and and <laughs> right f- it's just interesting and weird that the his aging which is just natural is really affecting me You know, and that's pop culture. These things that I cling to in the past, these
0: things from, say, the 80s and 90s, they exist in that era. I have a hard enough time, yeah, dealing with the fact that I'm not in that era. So when I look back and I watch... Purple Rain. I'm seeing 1984. I guess it was filmed in 83, but I look at it as 84. They're frozen in time, and everyone's that age, and that's great for me, and that works for me. Hmm. As Prince got older, I didn't really follow him, because I still want to think of Prince from that movie, which is unfair to Prince as an individual, as an artist, and, and whatever. But And then the idea that when he died, he was in his 50s. I'm like, wait, he made it into his 50s? He's this 20-something year old. Like That transition is hard for me to make. And I noticed it, I guess, mostly with musicians, because I don't know, because they're always the musician, you know, an actor as an actor gets older, Kevin Bacon gets older. So he takes on different roles. And I think I can still like him in those roles. I I don't think I necessarily have also this huge attachment that Kevin Bacon to impact me that way. But you know, there are other actors like it's Watching Bill Murray get older has been a weird thing, but he gets age-appropriate roles. Exactly. And I don't mean that in, in a prudish way. I just mean like he's playing a character who he resembles in age. Yeah. Whereas to bring up the topic that we've mentioned twice now, the spanned Aerosmith, which I used to love and now do not, you know, they were 40 when I got into them. Right. But now that they're closing in on 70, I can't buy that act because they're still doing the same thing. I don't know. And at least my perception is the same thing. An Aerosmith tour is still going to be the same songs, the same clothing, the same limited theatrics, scarves, whatever. And that doesn't age well up close to me that doesn't mean they haven't changed and maybe they have i don't follow them anymore but i think with musicians because you want to hear the hits and you want to hear the stuff they did before mm-hmm. you know bob dylan on stage doing hey, Mister tambourine man now is going to look and sound very different and you're going to notice the age not of the song but of the the singer yeah i feel and so that's a that's different in nostalgia that's a different passage of time whereas And again, there are actors like I'll look at Tom Hanks because his birthday just passed and IMDb has like, you know, Tom Hanks through the years. I'm like, wow, he really has changed. You know, when you look at picture next to picture next to picture, it's like the Tom Hanks in Turner and Hooch looks drastically different from the one in the Captain Phillips movie, even though the plots are almost identical. But the appearance is so different. But he's an actor who plays roles that work. He doesn't try to reach back. Someone who I'm curious about is is um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is an, is an amazing shape for a 50-something, 50-year-old. And he looks young. But at some point, it's going to hit us how old he is. And these roles that he's doing are going to be a little ridiculous. Yeah. And that might have been why the Indiana Jones didn't work for me.
1: Um, but in regards to music, I understand not following the Aerosmith act, their live performances. Um, but their their songs like if you were you were talking about the monkeys um mm-hmm. I, I can listen to the monkeys the new monkeys album um and the age of that doesn't i mean it depends i guess maybe the topics they are singing about but i didn't find that the topics they were singing about were not age appropriate um talking about other bands we like um no gallagher for one talks about how his life is changing and therefore the, the topics of his songs change um You know, going from youthful uh, rebellion to uh, obnoxious millionaire. And and he sings about that, you know. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think with music, yeah, I could maybe see not wanting to go and and see them live necessarily. Because like you're saying, they haven't necessarily possibly, because I don't think either of us are following them, uh, changed their act. (laughs) But the the songs themselves, I think, can change. I think that's a little different for me anyway, because... um, the the visual isn't there. It's just the words and the music. And as long as uh, the topic is appropriate, and even if it's not, because it's yeah, it's the monkeys, but it's, it's music. And for me, I think music can kind of uh, uh, distance itself in a way from, from who the artist is sometimes um, because they're telling a story um, just like uh, an older director can tell a youthful story in their film. I think an older Musician can tell a youthful story in in their songs.
0: I think they can too. I, I it's more complex than what I'm saying. I'm I'm sure. I just I like Noel Gallagher. Was it Noel or Liam? I uh, forget no. which one you mentioned. He, him him as a performer. You know, you loved him. Loved the band Oasis. As he gets older. It, the work he's putting out is evolving and you're still following him. So that makes sense. I mean, yeah. you know, I stuck, I've stuck with Paul Westerberg and I love his solo work and it's drastically different from his work with the replacements because he's reflecting where he is at life. Yeah. So I can do that. You know, when, um, but, and they, there was a replacements reunion tour about four years ago. I didn't go, I didn't get to see them, but I watched them clips online. I enjoyed it. But when they're up there singing bastards of young, there was a disconnect for me. And I love that song. But the clips I saw, they bring out uh, Billy Joe from uh, Green Day to perform with them. And he's the bastard of young. They're older now. Yeah. Like there are some things that just, and music works this way, I think, where it's like I'm assigning the meaning to the song and memory of the song to where I was at the time. And the musician is part of that. Like I think of Paul Westerberg as the Paul Westerberg I saw in 2002 when he was 42 years old. That's the Paul Westerberg I think of. The Replacements, I always think of their performance on Saturday Night Live, which is one of the most amazing visual and audio band experiences I've ever seen because whether or not they were a manufactured act, what is in that clip, what is in that brief four-minute, now bootlegged clip from Saturday Night Live is what that music meant. So I can see that. And the song they perform is Bastards of Young. So that's my memory of that. I just think like if I was to go watch the monkeys, and again, it's a weird example because I'm not invested in the monkeys. I love a lot of their songs, but one way or the other, I'm not, but it would be a shock to see them. I'm sure there'd be banter and whatever, but like when they're singing Daydream Believer, which I assume they sing, I like that song, but I know it as the recording. And and it's going to sound like a cover or it's going to sound beleaguered or something. Yeah. Whereas, you know, someone like Billy Joel, a musician who I actually really love and who I think has gotten a bit of a resurgence, who hasn't released a new album of pop songs in 24 years, that's quite an amount of time. Like, he breathes a lot of life into his performances. Like, I've watched and listened to a lot of live performances of his, and there's still something there. Mm. The instrumentation is a little different, maybe, but I still buy a lot of that, I guess, and that's because I've stuck with him. I've enjoyed him. So it it is more complex than, than just saying old musicians sound bad you're right i just think if it's it depends what you're nostalgic for and with yeah. the monkeys i'm nostalgic for a couple of songs right, right. i didn't really grow up with the show i watched some of it in reruns and enjoyed it but i think that impacts the nostalgia in an interesting way and 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 i think i it can go either way there but 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 i, I yeah I, I think that i'm done with that <laughs> sentence
1: i liked it that was good and we should talk about music more often
0: I think so. Yeah. We just did a bit. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. All right. Well, what uh who's up next? I forgot who did the uh, last.
1: Well that was your that stemmed from five fictitious bands. Uh so I guess I am up next. You're up next. What you
0: got there, sir? Uh, I got one more me. here.
1: Um again, I've kind of been referencing since it's our twenty fifth anniversary, I kinda of went back to our, our previous episodes to inspire these uh these lists. So I've got another mm-hmm. uh episode inspired Pop 5 for you I'm going to get my timer ready A uh, couple, couple episodes ago uh, You had a great episode With your cousin talking about Transformers hmm. uh, And uh, My cousin Mike I enjoy, I enjoy talking with yeah, him That was, was a nice conversation episode. Um, So I have a Pop 5 I would like you to name 5 Gobots Begin Copter Psykill, Leader One, Tux, and Spoons. That was easy. That was under 10 seconds. I really thought I'd have you struggling here, but. Uh, Here's some more Loco, Crasher,
0: Scooter, Turbo, Pathfinder, and then I'm, now I'm gonna make some up Forks, Dumb Piece of Crap, <laughs> Car Door, Window Pane. <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> um, yeah, Jonathan,
1: yeah, those are um, now,
0: I mean, I guess uh, yeah, tell I, I could go into detail who they were but.
1: but but apparently gobots were it wasn't like you separated, I'm only going to be transformers, you do have some gobots knowledge
0: i I do, I mean, again, they were separate toy lines, I didn't like I had gobots, and I had transformers, I may have had a Gobot before I had a transformer, oh, yeah. And, Pretty sure that it might have worked out that way. Pretty sure it might have worked out that way. That doesn't really mesh up, but um, no. I mean, I think a lot of kids probably mixed and matched their toy lines. They probably played with both alongside each other because yes, they're both robots that are vehicles. I even at a young age was always fascinated by like the packaging, the artwork, the toy line, the idea of this toy line. So I didn't let my toy lines crisscross. So GoBots and Transformers did not play. It did not fight each other yeah. in my toy chest. GI Joe and Transformers never joined up in my toy chest. He Man and Black Star were not in the same exactly looking planet that they were from the cartoon. So I I, I kept them separate. But yeah, I had a fair amount of GoBots. Yeah. I've talked about how at the GoBot base I had a lot of the figures. Again, the the concept was cool. I think GoBots were probably a little more affordable. But even at that age, even at the age of probably eight or nine. I think there was a distinction of which person gave me a Gobot, which one gave me a Transformer. Oh, the one with the Transformer—they get it. But the Gobots, kind of like oh, you're yeah. trying.
1: I I often got I often got like the the transform the generic transforming toy. I'm sure. You know that like talk about people not getting it. Um, <laughs> uh, I would get it wouldn't be a Gobot. It wouldn't be a Transformer. It would be uh, you know turbotech or whatever. Dumb name they came up with um, <laughs> that just you know you turn two things and it's it looks a little different. Um, that's that's what I would get. Yeah, I. Uh...
0: My, my, a lot my, of Transformers work the same way, though. That's, it's weird that that was such that, as kids, there was that distinction that this isn't real. Because a lot of those toys, they do the same thing. They're just as fun. They're more affordable. And a lot of them are, are still based on similar molds. Like, a lot of Transformers were imported toys from Japan that were just kind of repackaged and repainted. A lot of these other knockoff Transformers or non-Transformer line Transformers were the very same thing. Like, I have memories of a couple different Transformable robots that I very much enjoyed that weren't part of these lines there was something else and i don't know i don't quite remember how i played with them because again i didn't integrate them with my other toys but yeah it's it's odd that the toy line means so much that it has to divvy the line and i I wonder if that's across you know across pop culture like i'm a hard sci-fi guy versus sci-fi fantasy the whole star trek star wars argument or oh i just i just read horror comics i don't read superhero comics so i can read sandman and swamp thing because they're horror comics like there is there are always these distinctions Hmm. When I think you're a big fan, like, do you the idea of Brit pop to talk to you about music again? I know we just did. I would have pegged you as, oh, he likes Brit pop, but that's that's just a vague term, right? Aren't there distinctions within '90s Brit pop that you can divvy music up? in? am
1: um, sure. Yeah, uh, you can you can kind of break up Brit pop. I think they break it up a lot of times by by lo- locale. They break it up by uh, time frame, like the first five years, last five years. Um, but but yeah, I mean. You would think that, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy grunge or alternative or uh, uh, alt country. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I don't.
0: No, of course you can't enjoy them. It's just they, it's, it's pop culture, and maybe everything does this. But since this is a pop culture show, let's tie it off with this. Pop culture fandom, I think, and I'm part of this, does have the need to categorize as tightly and minusculely as it can Mm. to always identify something that's a little more, maybe it makes it obscure, maybe it makes it particular. You know, like fans of music, but I'm a fan of grunge. Well, I'm a fan of, you know, just you funnel it down. right? You know, uh, I like animated movies. Well, I like Japanese imported animated movies. Well, I like Henkei tentacle Japanese porn movies. You know, it's like you just, you find a way to whittle it down almost so that your fandom and being more specific and more succinct. I don't know if it's it matters more. I don't know if it's just it's what you enjoy talking about. If it's a defensive mechanism. Also, I don't know. I mean, do you do this? Is what I'm saying making sense, or does it sound like just a fanboy showing off?
1: Um, I don't. I don't think I do it. I don't. I don't recognize myself doing it. I. You know, uh, like you're talking about Brit Pop. There are times where I probably put bands in into that category that don't necessarily belong, just to sort of make it easier. Like Gorky Park. Uh, no, not Gorky Park. Gorky Zygotic Mincy. Um <laughs> I've I I don't know if they're considered Britpop, but I might put them in there just to make that easier for someone to even try and understand. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't personally have a distinction between. Uh, a star trek and a star wars i'll enjoy them both if they're enjoyable if they're good um Mm -hmm. just like with 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 music or 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 television it's not like i'm only gonna watch uh you know uh, dramedies or you know edgy (laughs) sick you know single camera sitcoms that's the only thing i'm gonna watch no i'll i'll if it's good it's good, and if it speaks to me, it speaks to me, um, regardless of the category. I think for for me. Well, do you think? Those maybe it's just a, a,
0: a way of finding something. Maybe it's a way the pop culture landscape is so oh, sure. big, so wide. Yeah. Like you know, you look at Netflix, and you do, you have you know like uh, quirky comedies, dark comedies, yeah. adult comedy, family comedy, classic comedies, and you know it's like what a video store was. Video stores did this to a lesser degree in the eighties where you would have, you know, like comedy and then you would have sci-fi yeah. and then you'd have horror or and, sci-fi horror. And we've even talked on the show. You call back to the future a comedy. I, for some reason found that odd cause it's sci-fi. It can be both of those things. These titles that we give it, yeah. these divisions, these ways of maybe seeking it out is a way to maybe find other work. Cause like if you go to the cult comedy section for example you find the movie you're looking for you know and you start scanning you find something else i mean it is a way of just tracking things down And sure. i think pop culture is so immense to a degree to people at least who who are who find it worth being invested in because it probably doesn't have the impact for everyone but these categories these titles these ways of wedging things in does influence how i approach them yeah. and what maybe i expect from them and so yeah, I don't know. I think maybe there's too much of that. But again, how else do you do it? Well, how do you find these things? There's no way to clearly and and just without any influence experience any of these things anymore. I think as kids there was because you're walking through the world with your ears open and you're just taking in what you hear and you don't have the pretense of I'm going to like Madonna. I'm not going to like Madonna. I can't see Star Trek. I have to see Star Wars. I think there's an innocence to that. Maybe that's why we gravitate or at least I you know, looking at the past episodes, gravitate, gravitate to the 80s more than the 90s because I was really experiencing things without too much of a bias, although I just had the whole go transformer bias. I think now these categories exist because otherwise how would we know what to go to?
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and you talked about the Netflix categories. Um, you know, if you, if you flip through those things, you'll see the overlap. Which is good. I'm glad that they're doing that. It's not like they they pigeonhole it into one thing. Um, so if you're if you're going through and it's family comedy, there's there's family comedy, and then hey, that movie is also in animation, and that movie is also maybe in uh, I don't know. You know, get it down to the 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 more specific uh, childhood storyline. I you know, but 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 the overlap mm-hmm. is there and and that's what's interesting about it so if you're looking for a family comedy um, you can search it that way if you're looking for animation you can search it that way if you're looking for nostalgia you can search it that way if you're looking for a specific actor you can search it that way um, but yeah you're right there's so much of it now uh, that without it it is hard to figure out what, which, where to, to head I like that that idea that you just put out there it's like as a kid you're just open your ears are open your eyes are open to whatever strikes you um at at this age for me i'm i'm reading about an upcoming thing and if i see a keyword here or there it's like oh i might check that out but those same keywords certain keywords will be like no that's not for me i'm not gonna invest my time in that right now
0: and that's probably just experience and maturing and it's probably at the heart of this show which again i this show already and we're only we're seven months into doing what i hope is an ongoing show and in the grand scheme of pop culture of our lives of our friendship seven months isn't that much amount of time yeah. but it's been a lot of concentrated like it's focusing it through a certain medium a certain vantage point we're doing a show we're doing it on microphones on two different sides of the coast we don't actually see each other we have these topics to talk about but in that something inherently in that allows us to explore our wider selves and i feel like. I've been surprised on this show, doing this show, that the things that we talk more about. You know, I I probably came into this thinking like, oh, it's just going to be all eighties Transformers, Star Wars, you know, all all the all the, the the toy lines and the cartoons and the big things that people will talk about. You know, like that whole South Park member berries jokes, where it's just let's drop the names of these things and see where it goes. But I've you know, doing this podcast, I was surprised that our big our most listened to episode is a Huey Lewis in the News episode because apparently that. Impact that band had on you, and just the name recognition and other people's experience brought people in. You introduced me to a movie I didn't even know existed called Three O'Clock High, which spawned this huge conversation, got a, you know, attention from others. We we're able to explore the movie Total Recall on a more personal level than I thought. Like, there's a lot of ways that this pop culture and that these memories we have entwine in conversation, influence, and, and I don't know. I, I, I like that through this show. That it's not just a pop five every week. We're not just rattling off the names of something, because that's fine too, and that's fun. But there's not there's the nostalgia of jogging the memory, and there's the you know the fun tension of the game. But I think these conversations we have, and specifically these conversations I'm having with you, there's so many things that get into that on personal levels and entertainment levels, and even just the idea of I have to make this accessible to other listeners levels. That it's really complex. You know these are complex conversations about very human things discussed through the filter of something that matters to us and maybe to the listeners and, and maybe not, yeah. but I don't know. I'm, I'm happy that something like this can exist. And by something like this, I mean, pop culture, but also just this medium to be able to discuss it. Cause yeah, yeah. We, we've connected and talked more in the last seven months than we've done in the last 17 years. And that's, that's why I'm know? happy
1: it exists it's,
0: it's, it's, it's impactive and to not get too emotional. It's also nice to know that these pop culture things this is more of a selfish level. I, I just jumped out of the sentimentality of our friendship. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, man. No. This is, this is nice. nice. No, no. It. this is wonderful to connect with you and I'm happy to connect with you. I'm just also happy just to just find that this over pop. I'm here
1: looking at pictures of you and I from, from our past. You just keep talking. No,
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I am happy to be doing the show with you. And it's 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 nice to connect and it's nice again, on the selfish level, this pop culture that we're connecting through and that I surround myself with and I'm I'm slowly taking down off the walls and the shelves a little bit more here and there, just for whatever reason. It's nice and validates the wrong word, I guess, validating it, but it's nice that it actually does matter. Yeah. That my filter to experiencing the world and existing in the world My filter is this. It is these cartoons and these movies and these songs. And for other people, it's sports is always the go-to. But for some people, it's politics. For some people, it's baking. For some people, it's a certain relative that spoke to them. Like we all have these filters that we learned the world through. And they all have merit. And they all matter. And we just happen to have enough recording equipment and a $15 a month Lipsyn account that we can make a show out of it. But... That's been important to me, and it's been a nice grounding at forty-one as I'm trying to figure out what do I do for the next whatever years. It's been nice to know that well these weren't wasted years. Not at both all. Both in friendship, and yeah, in topics. Yeah. So twenty-five episodes, pretty good. That's pretty awesome. And again, two more at least. Everyone, I look
1: forward to those two, and and I look and delving, forward to one of them, and delving deeper into our into our worlds.
0: Oh. Is that the episode? The big. Uh, that's twenty fifth. That's a good ending to this episode. episode. That's,
1: that's, that summarizes what we've done and where we want to keep going. I think. Great job, Tim. Thanks for not oh, me uh, too, dumping Cammy. me too hard on these things. I, I know I failed on <laughs> on those fake bands, but uh, that was fun.
0: Well, it's only failure. Failure. Well, it's only failure. I can't even say that fucking word. It's only failure if you're trying to say failure. It's only failure if we have a listenership, is what I was trying to say. And hey, we do. Thank you, listeners. I know that we're building a listenership. I know there's people who are coming back every week, and uh, normally at this point I guess we plug the crap out of ourselves. Um, Today I'm just going to say thank you. Those of you who are listening every week, thank you for listening. Next week I'm going to once again try to get more people to listen and shell all of our media links. But uh, for now, thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Yeah, I will will, uh, uh, say that as well. I appreciate you tuning in listening um and and going back and listening to anything else you might have missed as you get to know us in the show so thank you so much
0: that was a little bit of plugging but for the most part yes I, sincerity
1: it's just it's uh, it's like muscle memory We
0: have to, really because you know, don't know the intro like you seem to have trouble with the intro uh, no yeah but this you the, know
1: the, the, the plugging the <clears throat> the end i i i look forward to the end
0: uh, we're almost <laughs> there all right everyone um, well-written, copywritten, written, copywritten ri- <laughs> copy and trademarked catchphrase something maybe. Yay.
1: All right. You ready? Yes.
0: Jesus. What is that? Is that you have a chip?
1: oh sorry that a, could you hear that I that backed a, away a, Oh, I'm glad then <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Was, uh, I was Get chewing an going. ice cube ugh
0: really <laughs> yeah
1: I'm sorry I, I didn't no know, that's I,
0: no I'm sorry you shouldn't have to apologize I just that, that for some reason I've never I've never been able to do like chewing I, uh I'm getting chills which makes sense it's ice so I'm thinking about that can you hear that airplane it's flying overhead it's very loud <laughs> here
1: yeah, is that your airplane? I thought that was my airplane. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't own an airplane. I... My airplane should be the sequel to My Giant. <laughs> Billy Chris is going to help that airplane play basketball? <laughs> I don't know. I assume that's the plot of My Giant. I no, it know. would have to get the airplane to space somehow. That's like Boy, the... what's
0: What's My Giant about?
1: Well, it's basketball. But see, a giant plays basketball, and an airplane reaches for the stars.
0: Um, I... Hmm, I, I don't... I don't think so Because no. the giant's doing The giant's taking a step back If anything Because giants are mythical <laughs> It's like My <laughs> airplane It's like I've got to get this airplane A job at the library Or something
1: I don't know what it would be but like, That is more logical
0: you ever see a cat spawner?
1: I have not Thankfully
0: Oh really? You've never Have you been around cats? You have cats don't I have
1: you? two cats But they're not You've I, never
0: I, You've, you've I, never I, seen I, The little dicks sticking out No are they both girls? That might be why.
1: No. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm told they're both men, mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't really gone down there to check it out, and I haven't seen anything.
0: Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. It's a funny <laughs> thing to see. Is, that, is the idea of Stephen Hawking's wheelchair rolling over like a filled used condom? That is funny. <laughs> Right? I mean I thought it was. It's, it's hilarious. What the sh- what the shit <laughs> happened? I picture juicy your- fruit I pictured gum.
1: I picture the wheelchair kind of skidding out a little bit. <laughs>
0: like, doing a donut. I and then like there's this just condoms everywhere. So like he goes from one to the other. And uh, I, did please.
1: A, I did a hey. take just then.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, you could affect <laughs> your computer. This is not so brief, is probably what he'd say as he's spinning. I've messed my briefs history of time. I don't know much about Stephen Hawking.
1: <laughs> a little water in it. Is it clear?
0: Is it? Can you see it? You can't see this. Um, it's not clear because there's um because it has a little coloring to it. The gin. The gin does. The, the uh or you might say genie, but yes, the the ancient spirit in a bottle has a little color to it. You want a real-time update on how many people? Of course, why would you? I've looked at our posting. It's so lame. God, I'm lame. It's <laughs> not a douchebag. An idiot. Well, I'm not recording more audio. I've already recorded it. Okay. It was while this was running. Okay. I'm just passing some time. I'm always thinking of content. I hate that word. <laughs> hey, you got some content? Yep. Sure do. Got some content right here. Got some contentious contentions. Got some contentions? Sure do. About the word content. All right. So we're going to do this intro. Yes, sir.